Welcome to Podtendo, a Nintendo podcast, where they analyze, reminisce, and replay the glory of old Nintendo games. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our 2018 wrap-up show. Uh, if you have been a listener in the past, uh, normally what we do is we spend kind of like 5-10 minutes to start our episode, kind of bullshitting, rambling. Lately, we've just kind of got into the meat and potatoes of the episodes, and we're cutting that part out, because uh, it's a retro video game podcast. You're probably listening for the retro video games, not just for us, even though I'm sure you love our lovely personalities. Um, so as a result, we're doing this as kind of a bonus show at the end of the year. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's to all of our listeners, to all of our fans, to all of our Instagram followers, and especially from myself, Mick, to my lovely co-host, Happy New Year's to... Tyson, thank you, Mick. Happy New Year's to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Good year, good year, I think. Yeah, uh, all 2018 all. seemed like a mixed bag to start and mm-hmm. wrapped up kind of nicely, so yeah, very, it worked out. very nice, you know. It's, it's interesting to listen how our show kind of grows and progresses and evolves over time. Last year, we spent a lot of time talking about how we were going to go independent, uh, shorten our podcast length. We kind of resolved that. We're yeah. doing about one a month with a couple movie reviews, at least a movie review a month. It's kind of the format. Definitely makes us a lot, not... Not that it was hard before, but definitely easier, more manageable, which is nice, you know? Yeah. Any resolutions going forward You know, 2019? I, I usually have one or two that I think of, but I, I'm usually bail on them the first, like, week, so I think the only thing that I'm going to try to do this year is just try to read more books. I got a whole pile of books for Christmas, so nice. I'll work my way through that. I've done it before, like, 12 books in the year kind of thing. It's like yeah. a book a month. Not that hard. Yeah, and I sit on the bus for two hours every day, so I got tons of time to read. Nice, nice. Bible resolution may be something I was thinking of. Don't remember what it is off the top of my head, so I will not bore you and try and reminisce. But specifically, it's the 2018 year recap show. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through kind of five points, and we're actually going to make a clip show maybe? I'm, I don't know. We'll see what kind of time I have. Uh, we'll start off kind of with some boring topics. We'll get into some more interesting topics toward the end. We'll spend a couple minutes, you know, discussing each, and we'll move you along into your happy New Year's. Because I'm sure you're sitting around New Year's Day, and you're like, oh, I'm so bored. Yeah. This is the boringest time of the year. Nothing to do. Nothing to do at all. Yeah. Start off with top news story. Tyson, what is your top news story of 2018? Ah, uh, man. Stock market's just absolutely tanking this year. I'm working in the finance industry. It's kind of like something that I have to look at every single day. And this year has just been an absolute roller coaster. So it's just one of those things where it's funny how when the media says recession, everybody flips their lid. But... If you look at the stock market and try to actually like formalize it yourself, you're like, mm, pretty sure we're in a recession, but it's fine. We we won't we won't say that our word too much. So nice. that, that's my big that's my big news. For I'm me. really excited. I heard there was a depression back in the 20s and it was great. Yeah. I love great things. So. Yeah, who doesn't love great things? And uh, the, I, I heard that the dust bowls were really good times. So nice. I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Uh, my top story, specifically in Canada, was the legalization of weed that occurred back in October or is it November? October? October. October. Uh, it was one of those stories that kind of started off early in the year. We had the set date. There were things resonating. You saw your little cannabis shops kind of opening out throughout their cities. And weed day came, and we were all kind of bracing for the worst and madness and rioting and everyone dressing up as the Joker and murdering grandmas on the street. It came and passed. I don't think, other than the fact that it's always sold out. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it'd be interesting to see how that trend... Uh, it's, it's nice to look at we're kind of more of a progressive country as we move forward. I like to see those kind of initiatives that we're taking. Uh, usually we're definitely a step ahead of our North American counterparts uh, in the United States. So I'm glad that we're kind of... Pu- we pushed that ahead. Um, yeah, and it's it's good 
I think, just overall, because having a pretty bad opioid crisis, especially with a lot of those people, it's pain. Yep. So giving people uh, a healthier healthier alternatives is just, like, better. And if, like... I, I just remember, like, everybody thought that November, like, or October 17th, whatever it was, was, every, like, madness is going to be mm-hmm. car accidents, nothing, like, and it was just like, no, people were just driving slower that day. And, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, you know how many people probably, like, smoked and then drove around anyways? Yeah. It's not like that changed. It's not like those numbers changed at all. Like, I'm sure if you told, they're like, you know, it's the same now, you know? Like, yeah, I, I guarantee that those numbers are the same as they were before, just like yeah. how drunk driving seems probably the same as it was. And, and a good way of, like, counteracting drunk driving, uh, driving under the influence is just awareness, right? Some people genuinely don't know and are ignorant, right? And they don't understand that that's an issue. Yeah. Um, and as it, like, you know, I bet you... You know, we used to joke back, you know, we had designated drunk drivers, you know, the guy who's the best driver when he's drunk and that guy would drive the car, you know, maybe yeah. even 10 years ago, kind of, if that was people's attitudes. Nowadays, there's a more hard stance to it. It's not just you're endangering your lives, you're endangering other people. And I think that awareness and you're more likely to have social support, right? So it's if you see your friend jumping off a bridge, maybe stop him yeah. rather than are you going to join him, right? So I think that's a positive step we're taking forward as a society yeah and i'm seeing uh, a lot more at parties when there's always that person and we all have that friend that grabs their keys when they probably shouldn't i'm seeing a lot more times uh just across the board with lots of people being like you know what i'm gonna call a cab and just proactively just like leaving their keys or just doing whatever making plans to around it because it's not we can't tolerate that stuff anymore it's uh 2018 we all know better so let's uh let's move forward Nice. So that was our boring part. Let's stay boring and talk about just top sports story. Uh, so myself, I follow tons of sports. Uh, lots of things resonated with me this year. There were Winter Olympics. Um, so if you followed those at all, there was a phenomenal ice dancing performance by uh, Scott Moyer and Tessa Virtue. Yep. There was uh, an amazing performance by Bryce Harper in the Home Run Derby uh, in Washington this year. If you haven't watched it, watch the clip. It gives you goosebumps. Uh, he's down like nine runs with 50 seconds to go, and he hits nine runs like home runs in a row. Yep. Unbelievable. That guy's tons of charisma. Uh, you got guys like Alexander Ovechkin winning the cup. You've yep. got, in Canada specifically, you have like guys like Kawhi Leonard, one of the best players in the NBA, getting traded to Toronto. Being a game changer um, in football. I was just thinking in NBA, like LeBron James basically starting his whole like school foundation, yeah. and like that's that's an amazing thing that I hope more uh, high like high profile athletes yeah. just just take that lead and run with it. Yeah, and then like you obviously have the negative stories, um, but we're just going to kind of look at what focus on like one specific thing. And for myself as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, the one thing that kept me awake the night before I checked my phone all day leading up to was John Tavares, one of the best players in hockey, signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs to basically take a young group of very promising players and I think put them in that upper echelon in the league. Uh, it led for a very exciting summer. And I mean, who doesn't love talking Maple Leafs? That's where I'm going to stop because no one else cares. <laughs> I'm, I, I, I kind of fall in and out of sports. I usually just follow sport, like good line, like good storylines. So if there's like uh like for me, it was the golden Knights run this year. Yeah. Like draft team makes all the way to the finals and puts up a hell of a fight. Like, dang like that's never happened in the history of the nhl i'm like i'm not a crazy hockey fan but that's one of those things where it's kind of like all those guys on that team just earned my respect because they were kind of i think they came together as a group and that's what just absolutely just made that team uh they were running there like all all of like four lines were just working together and it was it was a beautiful thing to watch especially because it was a bunch of guys that kind of were Rejects. Hand, rejects and hand-me-downs. Yeah. And they're just like all those people like that nobody really wanted finally came together in the locker room like, 
F everybody else, let's prove them wrong. And they did. Beauty, Nobody beauty. can talk. Beauty. You can tell we're a Canadian podcast, because... Hockey. Hockey. <laughs> All right. Uh, movies. Moving to the realm of movies, something we've dabbled in a little bit. So just top movie of the year. Uh, a lot of strong contenders. I feel like I've seen several fairly decent films. Uh, number one moment, though, was definitely this last summer, probably in May, I believe, uh, when we heard about The Snap. I'm uh, specifically talking about Avengers. I believe that was probably my biggest moment. Uh, not just because it's, you know, all of my superheroes, my favorite superheroes from my kids coming together in this big mashup. And it's been, you know, six years in the making of them from essentially kind of the end of Avengers 1 to Avengers. Uh, the universe expanded. It grew. It, it Movie franchises are really easy to ruin. Look at your favorite franchise. Look at, like, Fast and the Furious, Star Wars. All those things have those bad moments. It's really easy to do that. Disney and Marvel, Marvel, I guess, Studios does a really good job of just being responsible with their stories, you know, keeping it very tight-knit, and the amount of respect that the society showed for that movie, I didn't watch Avengers 4 opening weekend, I watched it the next week, and all week I heard from people who saw it, they said, Thanos commands that you go see this. Nothing was spoiled, I didn't know a single thing, I walked into the movie theater, sat down at the end of the movie, I was like... How how did that not get spoiled for me? I never heard about it anywhere. I didn't see any postings. Everyone was extremely respectful of that because it's like almost a movie-going society as a group, as a community. We've like earned the right to experience that for ourselves. And I think that's very powerful and really cool. And I don't think that would have happened because when you watched The Sixth Sense back in the day, if you weren't there day one, uh, the next guy was coming out and said, Bruce Willis was dead the whole time, right? So the fact that we were all very respectful of those spoilers, I think that's really cool. Yeah, 2018 has been such a mixed bag for movies. Netflix has been going through really highs and lows. I don't know. We we've had a lot of cool independent movies pop up, like Annihilation and little little movies over here and there. One that stood out to me, as I tend to follow more horror movies and kind of nichey things, is uh, the Summer of '84 and. It, oh, the Brian Adams song. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, well, I did once say in a podcast that I'm going to re- mm-hmm. rewrite all mm-hmm. Brian Adams songs in a post-apocalyptic world. So mm-hmm. that's my responsibility and my cross to bear. But the movie Summer of 84 is kind of like a way better Disturbia. And that third act just hits you within the guts. And holy moly, it's so good. Like, it legitimately... I don't want to spoil it for anyone. And... Just go out, watch it, and heck, if you even have a public uh, public library card, you can watch it for free on the Kahoot streaming or uh, Canopy streaming service, and like, give that a shot. Like, literally, uh, free movies, man. So Sweet. go check it out. Really cool. Um, well, I'm gonna be very hungover in the next couple days over the break, and potentially the next day on New Year's. So I'm probably gonna put that on the docket, maybe with, like Bird Box or something. Like that. Sounds yeah. like a fun little afternoon. Absolutely. Nice, nice. On to TV. This one honestly was a struggle. I had to pull up a list of shows that came out this year, and I was like, what the fuck did I watch that I liked? Uh, the, the list was definitely few and far between. I don't think anything groundbreaking jumped out. Watched a couple series, but there was moments, for sure. Uh, Castle Rock had a couple moments, the episode of The Queen, where you watch the mother... What? Well, spoiler. Spoiler alert if you haven't. Actually, just the episode of The Queen. It's interest. It's an interesting look at dementia. Let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, the episode of... Um, 
the haunting the ha- a haunting hill, house? hill house yeah. uh there was one or two episodes there it was genuinely spooky it got very wordy and monologue yeah uh the one show that i definitely picked up and wanted to watch the whole thing all the way through was american mandal 2 uh it's a mockumentary the first one was the dicks on cars uh a young high school student in america was accused of drawing 32 dicks on some cars and it was just a mockumentary based on that it was extremely funny this last one was the poop day uh it's a little bit more graphic uh, if you have a weak stomach maybe skip the first 15 minutes because they show a lot of people just shitting themselves Mm -hmm. uh the way they dive through the storytelling it's interesting for sure Uh, i thought it wasn't terrible uh it was a lot of fun and it kind of leaves you guessing and it's definitely one of those especially the fact that to make a murder two came out and i kind of wanted them just to be like making a joke the whole time and when things are parodied very well uh, it's hard. It almost wrecks the source material. So hence why I always find James Bond movies are kind of stupid. Cause I'm like, Austin Powers did a really good job of pointing out why this is fucking dumb. So it always does take me out a little bit. Uh, and as a result, I think that's an excellent parody. I'm a fan of parodies. Uh, American Mandal 2. I've heard you guys, the series is canceled probably for the best because I think you guys have hit your highs only down to here. Tyson. Yeah. TV has been a barren wasteland of anything good for a few years. Um, and Netflix isn't helping that, that fact. Um, honestly, I legitimately had to pull up a list of movies, their TV shows that came out, because, and through a hundred of them, I, like, maybe three were good, and it's like, man, I just, I just don't understand what's going on with TV, I understand that there's a lot of more experimentation going on, like, Netflix has, uh, did a couple shows of, what the heck was that one with the, uh, Gary Fukunawa, he just... Um, I forget what it's called, but it was, it was really like kind of quirky and weird and really long and drawn out and same with like Haunted on Hill House had strong moments, but again, it's just like, it was a six episode show that they made 10. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like pacing there's, it's just where there's such a gap for just content and quality content in TV is that they're having to stretch it out. Like look no further than the walking dead. Like that freaking movie is the walking dead because it just drowns on and has no life or any reason to it um but one bright spot was atlanta came back for season two i said this uh, a couple years ago about uh donald glover he's uh charles gamino awesome actor and he's the actual like director writer producer of atlanta um and i love season one it was super hilarious i didn't get it at first and then i like got to about season or episode three and then it just clicked and it was hilarious and i just i have not stopped laughing at it um season two came out give it a watch it's fantastic um especially given we don't get game of thrones till next year rick and morty's not till next year it's south parks flopping in the water and simpsons is god that's becoming the walking dead too so Uh, honorable mention though this last the last season of the south park not better there were some episodes in there and i was like well done like I stood up and clapped. I was like, excellent. You know, like they poked fun at a lot of things in society that are, they tried to stay on point. They weren't, you know, super over the uh, blunt about it. Not bad. I think, I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. They're definitely going in the right direction. I feel like there was some stumbles, but, uh, but you know what? I feel like they're moving past this whole Donald Trump joke with Mm -hmm. Mr. Garrison and geez, the faster they get away from that, the better and the stronger the episodes get. Well, that was one of those things where it was never supposed to happen. And they kind of got, they were like, fuck. What do we do? And you literally saw the season spiral. It's kind of interesting because it's literally a a look at society as we're kind of collectively all like, fuck, what do we do? And then it just like consumed us for a year and a half. And finally, we're Retro Video Game Podcast. 
we're going to talk just a couple video games. Uh, let's specifically newest game, best game of 2018. Let's do that. And then we'll look back at maybe like what's our favorite game from the last year, if we can think of that off the top of our heads fairly quickly. Tyson, you want to start off with that one? Oh, uh, favorite game of this year? South Park Fractured Butthole. I, it's a South Park game. It was it was the season of South Park this this year for me. It was just like I got it and I wrapped it within two days. It was just like I couldn't put it down. So I that's just, like the retro game that we played before. It's like favorite video game of 2018. Yeah, that was a 2017 game. No, was it? No, I thought it came out this year. No, we hmm. did a show last year about it. Hmm. Then obviously I haven't played many good games. I would say Smash it would be the one this year then. Yeah, there was some strong... Smash came in as a very strong contender for myself, right? At the end of the year there. Um, I ended up taking a break with this one, but God of War for the PS4 was a pretty damn good game. You know, like if you like the God of War games, they cleaned it up a lot. They added in some first-person shooter elements, which is kind of interesting. But not like... They didn't wreck it. They just added it to the gameplay and magnified it. The God of War games are... Here's a here's a technique that's very simple, repetitive, repeat, repeat, repeat. Here's some bosses. And then the last 10 minutes, they're like, what the fuck? One of my favorite mem- moments ever in a gaming, this is a tangent I'm going off of as a... But uh, God of War 2, you're going through a mural and you see God, uh, Kratos fighting... Ares, the god of war, then you see him riding Guy up a mountain to fight Zeus. You see him beating Zeus. And then the final one is three men crossing a desert with a star above a little town of Bethlehem. And it's honestly one of those things when I saw that. Like, I stopped and paused, and I spent probably ten minutes in that room looking. I can't remember the last time I explored in a modern game, but just the amount of lore. And I was like, so there's the events of one, there's the events of two, there's the events of the next game, Kratos versus Zeus. What the fuck does Jesus have to do with this? Hmm. Yeah. Like, at some point, they're like, yeah, we're probably going to kill Jesus. I don't know. Anyways, uh, the end of God of War. If you haven't played it, don't spoil it. Play it. It is, like, great. You want to continue playing it, essentially, when the game ends, and that's great. But it could not beat the number one game on my list, Spider-Man for the PS4. Essentially, you're Spider-Man. They took what uh, the Arkham series did for Batman, and they were like, let's just be Spider-Man for a game. You fight Shocker and Venom, and or not Venom, but... Uh, uh, scorpion and a goblin do you fight is there a god i don't think there's a goblin dr octopus it's a lot of fun i beat it in like a week and returned it because i was like i'll play it later but uh for myself that was kind of the, the epitome of that uh and in terms of games so tyson's gonna do fractured but whole that's kind of his favorite retro game that we played on this podcast before uh currently this year the game that i played that probably stood out the most uh, i mean i knew i've played it before but i'm gonna go back with ducktales like i think if there was a game that i looked on our list and i was like i should go back and play a game probably ducktales you know or dr mario yep. maybe you know those are probably the two games that i picked up this year that i'm like those were really nice times and like, i would recommend if you want to play a retro game this year Grab Dr. Mario somewhere. It's very available. Or find yourself a copy of DuckTales. Play through that and you're going to have a good time. Yep. Both those are excellent, excellent choices. I, I kind of... Uh, technically, that wasn't really... I, I, I'm stupid. I, I thought South Park came out in February of 2018. That was my bad. But um, for retro games, yeah, either... I love South Park. It's cheap right now. But yeah, of course, Dr. Mario. That one. That one's my biggest surprise win of this year. Because it's just like, man, I didn't expect this game to be as phenomenal as it was. And it's crazy addicting but i just have a side note mine's kind of like a a big video game news story of the year i mean i went off on god of war so feel free um i have mentioned this many times our long listeners will know that i love starcraft um starcraft 2 this year we had a finnish player um first time ever a non-korean actually won the global finals which is like a big thing because ever since starcraft 1 uh 
South Korea has been like the dominant country. No one can even hold a candle to them. And this year was the very first time a uh, foreigner, or non-Korean, won uh, the global finals. And uh, it was really cool because he is playing, he's the best player in the absolute world right now by a large margin. And is it's actually funny because he kind of came out of nowhere. 2018 was here his year. Won every single tournament and looks like he's going to continue his dominance in 2019. So it's one of those things where uh, if you used to have a passion for StarCraft, pick it up. The scene has never been stronger. Uh, StarCraft 2 has never been stronger. StarCraft Remastered just came out. So if you love some old retro PC games, give them a look and give them a download. So it is the season. Nice, nice. So, like I said, I think I'm going to pull from probably five shows here, play a little clip, essentially, as kind of our way out, as a little way of reminiscing. Uh, it's good. It's kind of just for me and Tyson to listen back, kind of on a couple little conversations, and give me something to do. Uh, you know, well, the Christmas holidays or the holiday season is still in the air. So, with that, uh, we'll see you guys in 2019, and uh, I'm sure we have some fun games to talk about. Yeah, 2019 looks like it's going to shape up to be a really strong year for video games and maybe even TV. It might be a bounce back year. Who knows, guys? Oh, come on, TV. you got to do it for us. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Happy New Year's. Zero points. Pit becomes a lowly farmer and ends the game holding a sickle. He doesn't get a kiss from the goddess because what kind of a loser would love a farmer? No one, apparently. If you have one point, so meet one of the criteria, Pitt is pronounced to basic guard and has a helmet and a rod. So, pretty exciting. Two points. Uh, Pitt is promoted to captain of the guard and has a helmet and a spear. So, big step up. You get a spear over a rod. Three points. Pitt is promoted to full-grown angel, grows to the same heights as Pelantuna, and flexes his arm. Now, if you're cool like Tyson and you get four points, this is the best ending of the game. You were transformed into a full-grown angel. Palantuna kisses you and fills the chamber with lights, and four cherubs appear and fly over the couple, dropping hearts on them. So, if you are tall and buff, girls will love you. But if you're a guard or a farmer, enjoy fucking yourself or your sheep, because that's all you'll ever get in your life. <laughs> Jesus, Nick. <laughs> We, I got a copy of Pokemon Blue. You got one for red. Uh, as well as I think we got a strategy guide and two new blue and I think green Game Boy Pockets. Huh? Yep. Uh, I've completed the game 100% once. Uh, and then for Christmas in 1999, I got Pokemon Yellow, which always seemed kind of like the less good version. Like, almost like it's like the hard version of this game. Uh, so, I mean, at that point, you figure it's a whole year. I must have been Pokemon crazy probably that whole time. Um, and then, like, occasionally, we got a Super Game Boy, Pokemon Stadium. I've got it on my 3DS. I play through this game maybe once every couple of years. So I kind of know it like the back of my hand. So that's just, like, a brief summary, some statements. I don't know if some of them are even, like, sentences. They were, I think, statements about my time and experience with Pokemans. Tyson, what's your first memories of Pokemon? I don't remember, like, the vivid details like you, but I feel like I played them first when we first got them. I feel like I didn't play them for very long before I sat on my green Game Boy Pocket and broke it. So, Tyson, why did you sit on your green Game Boy Pocket? Like, did you not... I didn't zip up my jacket, and it was in my pocket, and it slipped behind my butt, and I just sat down, and it crunched. 
uh, Ewan didn't chill. I think you see like a little clip of what everyone happened. And again, big spoilers. If you beat both games and you beat the linked game adventure, you see you save both worlds and you are boarding a familiar looking boat and you're heading somewhere. So it's kind of neat. So again, that little tie into Link's Awakening. Hmm. So it's neat that all the handheld games kind of exist almost in like its own little universe. Yeah. It's kind of cool that they all like link them together that way. And I guess that's one of the few times where they actually do like try to highlight the actual timeline. And I do actually have it pulled up to figure out. Yeah, so these games happen after a link to the past. A link to the past happens, then it's the Oracle games, then it's Link's Awakening. And then I believe it goes to Link 1, Zelda 1. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, But this is this is the timeline where the hero is defeated. So. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, so when you die, this is kind of like the aftermath. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So normally we do uh, current thoughts, but apparently we did that on the other podcast. So listen to our current thoughts there on these two game titles. We probably should have talked about both games as a complete set over there. Uh, But instead, we're going to do what would you change? So, personally, I would clean up the dungeons a little bit. I would make the password system a little bit easier to figure out. Kind of confused how it works. Uh, So, I copied a password I had from, like, the last time, like, when I played this game three years ago, into my current playthroughs. But it didn't affect anything. So, I don't know if I just did it incorrectly. Uh, And I think I ended up finding a password online where I got every single ring unlocked. So, I had, like, upgraded armor and defense kind of throughout the whole game with just my rings. We never Mm. talked about the rings. Yeah. Yeah. And, I don't know, I think sometimes game designers, if you put passwords in, just let, like, put the super cheat. Put the Robin Smith cheat in there so that we can just, like, god mode through the game, you know? Yeah, and, I don't know, like, I think you definitely have to clean up this game. It's a little muddy, like, it's trying to do a full Zelda game, but do, like, side quest adventures with, like, side characters, and, I don't know, There's, there's a lot of, like weird mechanics all kind of mashed into like one game with like the age like the changing of the seasons and the traveling through time on top of like a weird pea shootery thing and i don't know it's a, it's a very strange adventure and, and it, you can t- definitely tell that it was made by capcom as opposed to just like nintendo yeah so maybe that's what it is it's people who aren't like don't kind of have that overarching like so what um, would you change I'd give it to Nintendo, and I would say make the same game, but just give it to Nintendo developers instead of Capcom. Or The Simpsons, specifically the episode, Springfield, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Legalized Gambling, which is one of my top Simpsons episodes of all time. The reason I did not include that in top shows is because I think it would be the easy winner, and if Tyson didn't pick it, I would have been pretty upset. But I really like that episode. It has some of my favorite catchphrases, I think, of all time. Well, I know it's absurd, but I dreamed the boogeyman was after me, and he's... Ah! Boogeyman! You nailed the window shut! I'll get the gun! Ah! Art, I don't want to alarm you, but there may be a boogeyman or boogeyman in the house! Ah! <laughs> <sighs> what happened here? Oh, nothing, Mart. Just a little incident involving the boogeyman. Of course, none of this would have happened if you had been here to keep me from acting stupid. So, there you go. There's yeah. a little fact. Yeah, this is Glory Simpson, so that one would have probably won for sure. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah. It's pretty great. Uh, or we could look at top cartoons of this day. So we have Rocco's Modern Life, 
Animaniacs, Adventures, or The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog, Two Stupid Dogs, and Tales from the Crypt Keeper. So, right now, this is like hitting a lot of check marks. Nick's really liking this, December 17th, 1993. Yeah, even the TV shows aren't terrible. Like, I, Fraser was entertaining. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was good as a kid. This, these are the good seasons. Um, and Deep, Tyson, yeah. Deep Space what Nine. If, man. What if Tyson got some movie tickets? Would Tyson go to the theater and be like, man, these movies were pretty good. He could watch Beethoven's Second, The Pelican Brief, I'm sure still in theaters was the movie Schindler's List. We could watch Wayne's World 2, Sister Act, Mrs. Doubtfire, and We're Back. A dinosaur story. Oh, man, yep. This, these, these movies are ticking some check marks. Because I, I remember going to We're Back in theaters. There you go. And wanting go. that damn cereal. Whatever cereal that was, I wanted it. And went to the There's... grocery store looking for any imitation that we could find. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Or what if, instead of going to the movies, you took them all and you sold them and you scalped them and you got money to buy a video game and you went to your Kmart and you're like, what kind of video games could I buy? You could play, be playing Doom, Myst, Link's Awakening, Star Fox, Disney's Aladdin, Super Mario All-Star, Mortal Kombat 2, Secret of Mana, DuckTales 2, Kirby's Adventure, or Super Street Fighter 2. So... Those are some pretty good video games. Yeah, man. You might need to sell a kidney and grab a couple of these. There you go. So there's like a lot of like a lot of checks. I'm feeling like I'm really enjoying this 1993 vibe. This is a good year, you know? But finally, before we're driving home and, you know, we're like really going to lock this in, we should probably check the billboard charts just to make sure that the music is up to snuff. So we're going to start with the top three songs of 1993. Well, December 17th, 1993, to be specifically. The number three song was... Dream Lover by pop princess Mariah Carey. Alright, so 0 for 0 for 1. Yep. What about the number 2 song? I'd Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. I would do But I won't do that. Oh. No, I won't do that. Yep. So one go. for two, fifty percent. All right, and the number one song. Come on, we've definitely heard this one. Let's not get stuck on that. Thirty-three percent again by Janet Jackson. And I never want to return. So, I'm glad our batting average is that constant, that really steady, you know. 33%, man. 33%. That's too bad. But another sighting by Mariah Carey. So, ding, that's another check mark for 1993. and, And, uh, And a sighting by Janet Jackson. So, ding. So there you go. So that was a lot of them. I'll be honest with you. If I had a time machine, December '93, I might go back there. It's looking up, man. It's looking up. I'd have to go back to like a place though that had cable potentially, because yeah. I'd want to watch all these shows. Like I'd want to watch Sonic the Hedgehog and not just watch it that one time we were at Auntie Michelle's during teachers' convention. Yep. 
that would be great. Same with Rocco's Modern Life. The only being able to, to watch it sometimes with Grandma and Grandpa before or after reboot and Goosebumps and Dragon Ball Z and basically just hog their TV. <laughs> and we're like, hi, Grandma and Grandpa. Put on YTV and we're like, turn that shit up. <laughs> yeah, we have to go to church. Fuck yeah. Jesus. <laughs> like, I need to get back. You don't know how many good TVs. Like, you'd be like, look at, like, we're going to miss this show and this show and this show. And like, I'm so mad right now. Why does, like. But grandma and Grandpa came to visit. You can't just sit and watch uh, Pokemon on Sunday morning. You're, you have to go for pancake breakfast with Grandma and Grandpa. Yeah. Like, Pokemon followed by uh, Digimon followed by another episode of Pokemon. Yeah. Just, like, pulling your. Yeah, fine. Well, I guess we'll just miss it so we can go 40 minutes early just to wait so we don't have to wait in line for our two dollar pancakes what a rough life we lived yeah i like how we got the I same like... side well that wraps it up but there's one last thing let's just see who you really are mister why it's old man withers the guy who runs the haunted amusement park and i would have got away with it too if it hadn't been for you snooping kids good one shaggy Excellent, Scooby.